Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Squiggly Careers podcast. I'm Sarah, and I'm joined by my co-host, Helen. Hi, everybody. And we're back. I feel like we've not gone away, but we have had a few weeks where we've not been recording together. So it's quite nice in some ways to be sitting quite late on a Monday night. I'm back on the floor in my lounge with my laptop and a cup of tea in front of me, which feels more like how we usually record our podcasts rather yeah, than is, an, um, standard. a kind of swanky studio. <laughs> yeah. When people are like, how do you do it? I'm like, uh, sitting on the floor in my lounge. Tea, bar chocolate. I actually do have yeah. some chocolate in front of in me. In my pyjamas. <laughs> mainly so thank you so much for joining us Uh, we hope you're all having a really good summer before we get on to today's episode I think because we're feeling jubilant that we're back together uh, (laughs) we thought it would jubilant yeah Uh, we thought it'd be good to just talk for a moment about what's inspiring us at the moment in our squiggly careers so Helen anything for you right now that's sort of really helping you with your career and keeping you motivated through the summer I am feeling very inspired by the new people that we are bringing into the the amazing IF team. So we've been on a a very small recruitment mission to find some people to help us um, grow in things that aren't our forte. Uh, So things like our social (laughs) media. And we found two brilliant people I'm really excited to start working with. And you could already see through like, I don't know, email and WhatsApp chats that there's new ideas and it brings new energy. And I'm looking forward to learning and because we always had quite big teams when we were working corporate life and stuff, always had that team. It feels nice that we're now able to grow our own little amazing if team. So I'm very inspired by that. Oh, that's nice. I've, <laughs> um, I've discovered a new podcast, which I can't decide what I think about it. Mm. So it's called The Disruptors. It's a BBC podcast about entrepreneurship and they interview quite short interviews. They're quite short kind of pithy listens around people, usually from brands, I think, most people will have heard of actually I really enjoyed the one with the lady I think she's called Julie who started the Cambridge Satchel company oh yeah which that's a massive business that's almost one of Britain's like best exports it's Mm. um it's a really interesting journey and they've had some really good people on who've done like fascinating things grown amazing businesses but when I listen to them I always feel like we're not like them In what way? <laughs> which, which, which is why I feel like I'm always like, oh no, does this mean that we don't like, I don't think we fit the entrepreneur mode in some ways. I don't know. There's a lot of chat about, um, oh, you know, you have to work every single hour. You never have a break. Got to be fully committed to it. You almost kill yourself okay. in, in the spirit of and the drive and the motivation to do this thing that you really care about. And I'm not sure I subscribe to that. Then I start to think, 
oh no, maybe that's maybe that means that's what that we're it takes. not gonna, our business is not going to work and it's not going to take. So I mean, speak for yourself, it. Sarah. I mean, I, yeah. I, I'm pretty dedicated. I'm, are you? I'm, I'm, are you working? To, <laughs> to be fair, we are doing a podcast at half nine on a Monday night. Uh, so yeah, I'm not saying we're not dedicated, but I do listen and think it reinforces, I think, quite a lot of the stereotypes around entrepreneurship and whether that's like getting investment or giving up everything else in your life. I do find it inspiring because I just find it interesting to hear other people's stories. It's sort of a bit like kind of Desert Island Discs, but for entrepreneurs and they're short. And I think you learn quite a lot about the ins and outs of how people have set their own business up and actually why they've set their business up. So the lady who started Cambridge Satchel Company, she set it up so that she could pay her kids school fees because her daughter was being bullied. And so she really wanted to move her daughter to a different school. She's an accountant and she did a spreadsheet and basically worked out how much money she needed to make. And so I really liked that. Mm, it was from a different, yeah. and she was very honest. And apparently she's got an Excel spreadsheet full of all the ideas that she came up with that one day she's going to turn into a book. And I was like, yep, that's a brilliant idea for a book. You know, all the ideas that she, she could like have made. She sounds like a squiggly career story that we should be talking to. Well, yeah, maybe. But I, I thought she's obviously, it's funny now talking to you about it. She That was the one that stuck with me the most. I think because she had, like you said, interesting stories to tell. Yeah, and maybe slightly less usual in terms of some of the entrepreneurship stuff. So I'm finding that interesting. And it's, even though I don't necessarily agree with everything, I have gone back and kept on listening. So they're, they're doing something right. <laughs> so we've got people and podcasts. That's the thing that's inspiring us right now. And for people who are new to the podcast, thank you for joining. Thank you for listening. We really appreciate everybody who comes back every week and also the new people who are discovering us. And we'll take a moment just to talk a bit about Squiggly Careers because we've been working really hard to think about how we describe this so that people understand what we mean. And I think for us, we we started our careers and felt that we were going to be climbing these career ladders. They were going to be predictable, linear, and we knew what was coming next. And I think now, and actually for quite a few years now, everything just feels way more uncertain. And sometimes that can lead to feeling really overwhelmed and quite anxious. And we're actually we're going to be talking about prioritising today. And I think that's probably more important now than ever before. Mm-hmm. So we really feel like the squiggly career is our way of describing the reality that we think everybody has now in their career in terms of the different careers and choices and options that we're all going to be facing. But we think it's a really positive thing. We think at their best that a squiggly career gives you the opportunity to find freedom and fulfilment from work that probably previous generations never really had the opportunity to have in kind of the same way of we, as we do. And the thing that we're really passionate about is that to get all of those benefits, we think it's critical to kind of take ownership for your own learning, your development, really put into practice designing a career that works for you. And we've talked before about success meaning very different things now to everyone. I think careers now are just feeling much more personalised, whereas probably previously in that old world of careers, success was kind of quite defined by status and maybe job title or the car that you drove. Whereas now I think people are, have got a kind of much wider and broader definition of success at work and what that looks like, what what the outcomes of success are. So that's what we're really hoping to do with this podcast is taking that squiggly career as all of our new reality we're living and breathing it every day the same as everybody else and probably more so some of the time at its best and at its worst and think about what are the practical tools techniques ideas and exercises that we can share with you that we really hope will help you be thriving way more than kind of in survival mode every day at work 
as uh, episode 95. So we've done a, a previous 94 episodes to help you survive at work. So if you are new, maybe go and have a listen to some of those. We kind of hope that the podcast is there for you like when, when you need it. So I know that we have lots of very loyal people that listen to it every week. But even if you just dip in and dip out of it because you think, oh my gosh, I've got a new job or I've got a difficult conversation coming up or I've got to negotiate this thing. We are hoping that there's always going to be a podcast for you when you need it. And if you ever have a like a work need and there isn't a podcast that we have done to help mm, yeah. you, then send us an email. Just get in touch at amazingif.com and we will add it to our list. We do take requests. We have to many requests. <laughs> um, we want it to be the resource that can help you when you need career help most. So that is what we're all about. And this week, as Sarah said, it's on prioritization, which when you've got this massive decisions and to-do lists and meetings and so much like career noise going on, it can be really, really hard to prioritize in that context. And I came across a report by McKinsey and we'll put all the links on amazingif.com so you'll be able to find them. But it said, um, the myth of infinite time is most painfully experienced through the proliferation of big strategic initiatives and special projects and the result is initiative overload projects get heaped <laughs> on top of the day jobs it's quite a wordy statement but i think it's the, a few bits i like it this myth of infinite time like of course there's limits to our time but so much at work it's like more meetings more projects more tasks to do and there doesn't ever seem to be like a boundary to it all and mm. you know you know the, the special projects that get put on top of things and I think definitely from my experience, and we'll share a little bit more of our my different experiences, that was what happened to me a lot in corporate life. Even all my best ideas and plans for how to prioritise got swept away because there was just so much being thrown at me and it didn't really matter how much I prioritised. There was always some of the stuff coming my way that sort of derailed my prioritisation process, but we can maybe share some of the pain of that. Um, before we share our experiences and get on some tips, that's what we really want to do for you. We want to give you some tips to help you learn from our mistakes, maybe, mm -hmm. uh, and improve your own prioritisation processes. There's something that I came across that I thought was really interesting, which is the... Um, almost the flip side of being completely overwhelmed by work so you're not very good at prioritising. The flip side of this is prioritising, but prioritising badly. And it's something that I saw called completion bias. And there was some research that was done into doctors, actually. And it found that doctors who are kind of overwhelmed with work will sometimes look to manage that workload and prioritise by doing the easiest tasks first in order to manage their load. Because it feels nice, it feels more productive doing the easier tasks, but it's not always the most effective thing because sometimes you're putting off the harder, more meaningful tasks. And I think it's a trap that I could probably fall in if I think about my to-do list sometimes. And I'll think about the little dopamine hits you get by prioritising these small, easy-to-do things but it's the big, chunky, meaningful stuff that goes on to the yeah. next day and maybe the next week and heaven forbid that the next month. So I think, yeah, we don't, we've got these either end of the extremes where prioritization's just gone completely out of the window because you've got so much work on. And on the other hand, you've maybe got completion bias where you're just doing the easy stuff because it feels good. And actually one of the things, I've heard this phrase a lot and I was looking into kind of where it came from and it's actually a quote from Mark Twain. But um, sometimes you hear the phrase of kind of swallow the frog when people talk mm. about prioritising. And what Mark Twain said, if it's your job to eat a frog, it's best to do it first thing in the morning. And if it's your job to eat two frogs, it's best to eat the biggest one first. And I think what he's trying to say there, and I think probably what we all recognise, 
is the, I think, danger of procrastination. So, you know, you've got something hard and you just don't know how to do it or you're doing it for the first time or you're not quite sure what the answer is. It's really easy to think, oh, I'll do that after lunch or I'll do that a bit later or perhaps I'll get to that tomorrow. And then, as Helen said, you do maybe all of those easier things first just feel like you're making progress but I guess it's almost false progress because actually the thing that you really need to do is the kind of tricky frog so it feels a bit like that when I describe that I'm reading a book to my toddler eat the frog but I do think it's actually a really interesting observation in terms of there are people I've read before who have quite good practices around either the night before or first thing in the morning being really clear on what the frog is you know and actually using that as a kind of useful analogy and a useful way to remember okay well what what is my frog for the day and actually that always leaving space and time to do that first and actually when we come on to top tips I've got one one thing that specifically relates to that you just reminded me um, in terms of reflections, and I'm going way back now. So Sarah and I said, well, you know, let's share some of our reflections about how we do this. I remember when I was at, oh gosh, sixth form. So we're, oh, going, right, we're going way back now. I lived in a place called Cranwell and we were my, uh, went to a, a girls' school. And for some reason, we went on interview practice with the RAF recruitment team at RAF Cranwell. Right. <laughs> That's and I was, school. I was definitely like, at sixth form time, like a bit, I went a bit geeky. <laughs> I went a bit geeky when I was 16. I got very, very organised and very into like nailing my A-levels. I remember we did all these interviews and someone was asking about how do you prioritise your day? And I genuinely prioritized my day before I went to bed this is something that's kind of gone out the window and I wish I was this organized now but I remember like 17 and talking to these recruiters and being like yeah yeah I plan what I'm going to do the next day before I go to bed and write it down and I can see them like this is an interesting girl (laughs) slightly thing but yeah I, I no longer do that I wish I did that because I know it's really effective one of the things for prioritization that I do it on and off. I clearly did it when I was 17 and I don't do it now. But it's to plan the night before. And sometimes I remember to do it and I always feel much better when like I've gone to bed with an idea of like what my three biggest things are to focus the next day. Maybe I'll do that tonight, Sarah, before I go to bed tonight. <laughs> but I think I have really good intent with my prioritization. So I have a really good start to the year and I'll like spend some time thinking about my priorities and I write like my goals for the year and I have like a really good start. And I've found often that it helps to share those with somebody. So I share them with you, Sarah. I share them with my husband. But I think I get what I'm going to call prioritization drift. (laughs) All of my like clarity and intent at the beginning of the year, I tend to take on new projects without considering the implications of what I might already have prioritized or I maybe set like daily to-dos but that don't anchor back to the ultimate thing I'm trying to do for that year. So I think, yeah, I'm maybe halfway there with my prioritization but I've had a few tools that I've used on and off but I don't think I have cracked a really solid prioritization process. So I am hoping I'm going to get a bit of a refresh and learn from some of our tips today. I think there are two things that I do that have really helped me. Um, One I call the maker mentality, which is I've worked in jobs before where honestly I've got to the end of six months and thought, I don't really know what I've done. I feel like (laughs) I've been really busy 
like you know it's not I've not been doing stuff but I'm not really sure what I've achieved now that's the nature of some of the jobs that I've done which have maybe been um quite innovation based where sometimes it is quite hard to see kind of in the real world what it is you've done because sometimes it takes a long time for those things to come to fruition but I do often try and think what have I actually made or produced and try to be quite outcome focused and I find that helps me to just prioritize so things like knowing kind of what that end outcome needs to be helps me with the kind of process of prioritizing and actually probably the thing that helps me the most is taking that outcome and visualizing what I want it to be from both a carrot and stick perspective (laughs) so for example if I take the book that we finished writing and uh, we're now kind of in the final stages of design when we needed to prioritize spending lots of time on the book and that had to come before everything else the kind of carrot and stick mentality for me the carrot is oh I want the book to be brilliant and really helpful and I really hope this is going to be useful and I imagine if that's the feedback that we get from people that people read it and as a result their work is that little bit better next week next month that'll make me really happy I find that really motivating so that's the carrot but I also visualize the stick Mm -hmm. as in imagine if no one buys it imagine if it's rubbish this is my reputation on the line and so actually I almost imagine a best and a worst case scenario and I think because I'm naturally quite a imagining person almost quite a daydreamer quite I like to kind of visualize I actually then find that really helps me with then the eat the frog thing because I'll go I might not want to eat the frog I might not want to spend an hour two hours editing this chapter that I always I already feel like I've written four times and I'm getting a bit stuck or I'm finding it a bit hard but by doing the carrot and stick thing I think yeah but what I really don't want is the book to not be helpful or to people give it a really bad review and then that makes me spend the two hours and kind of get through it I'm not sure they're official top tips compared to some <laughs> of the ones that we're going to come on to I have found those things helpful and I think I'm particularly good at prioritizing in moments where you really need to focus. I actually think my ability to prioritise kind of waves in and out a little bit depending on what I'm doing at any moment in time. If there's actually something that is really important, I actually get very good at prioritising. Yeah, and and I don't quite know what happens, but I sort of have this like switch. Very just like focused slash blinkered. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I do. And actually, I think in those moments, it's quite helpful and unhelpful because I do become quite blinkered. So there's certain moments where I think I'm, I am good at being able to say no, let other things go, really eat those difficult frogs. And then I think there are the moments where it's almost kind of slightly less important and I let myself meander a little bit more. So I think that's probably something to think about as you're thinking about your ability to prioritise. Think about where are you at your best prioritising at the moment? Because there'll be some things that you already do well. And where do you struggle a bit or where would you like to kind of get better? Because it might be that some of the tips relate to some of the specific instances or triggers that you think, oh, that's when I get the prioritisation drift that Helen talked about. Or that's where you just get into going, oh, you know, I'm sort of meandering a bit. I'm not really quite as focused as I could be. And then It makes me wonder as well whether prioritization and reflection go hand in hand so you 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 kind of want to prioritize your list and get things done but actually if you're just on a bit of a machine of uh, Mm. prioritize complete prioritize complete and you never actually make time to take stock of what you have achieved I think you lose the impact of how well you might have prioritized because you'll never actually be thinking 
oh yeah, wow, this week I got through five different projects or I managed to do those three different presentations that I wanted to work on. I think you can be a bit robotic if all you're doing is prioritizing your list each day, deliver, 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 and you do that again. And so I think you'll get more value out of it if you make time. Yeah, definitely. And if you, I suppose, thinking about achievement, which is slightly counter to what I was saying before about um, you know having a maker mentality, I don't think that always has to be, you know, like sometimes you can fall into the trap of just being like, I've done an email mm. or I've done, you know, that kind of stuff. I actually saw a really nice post by Alice Templey, who's a, a designer on Instagram today. And she was actually talking about prioritizing time to think. And I was like, oh, that's that's nice. a really good message in somebody who her job is, as well as it being her brand, but she's the creative director. She was saying, you know, often when you've had a holiday, it's obviously given her some time to think. And her post was basically going, I realise I just don't give myself now the time and space to think. And her job is to think and to be creative and to give herself the space to do that. Um, And so I really liked that. It's so funny. We both looked, obviously, at her uh, Instagram feed today. You saw that one. I saw her recommendation of a non-alcoholic spirit mixer uh, on her feed today, which I subsequently bought on her recommendation. So obviously absorbing slightly different things. She must be doing, there must be something in the algorithm today (laughs) that means her stuff is showing at the top of our feed or something. Because I certainly haven't got any of her clothes, let's put it like that. <laughs> I've ordered, I'll let you know what the non-alcoholic honey-based okay. spirit mixer is it's like. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. So should we do our top tips? Yeah, let's do our top tips. So the first one I actually stumbled across when I was doing some of the research for today's podcast. Yes, who knew? We actually do some research, everybody. Uh, (laughs) Don't just um, buy non-alcoholic things. Sometimes we do that, but sometimes we do research. Um, But this is a tool that you can get from Harvard Business Review Online. As I said, we'll put all the links in the post so you can go and find it. It's a really good tool because it assesses how well you are coping with the demands of your work today. So even before you get onto how do I prioritise, what tools are there, what questions should I be asking for you, it implies that there may be a need to prioritise because of the demands of your work. And actually, if you're not really coping with the demands of your work, then prioritisation alone isn't going to be enough. So it's quite a quick tool. It's 25 questions. Yeah, it's really interesting. It assesses four different dimensions um, that all begin with P. Useful. (laughs) Helpful. Um, uh, So people 
priorities are in there planning and present so to Mm. what extent are you present in your role you answer the 25 different questions and it gives you a score on each of the dimensions and it compares you to the harvard business review average so i think i came out as slightly surprisingly above average on my ability to set priorities but actually i was below average on uh, my planning abilities and then it gives you then loads of different tips i think it actually shows you all the tips for the four different ones so you can look at all of them or you could just focus your attention on the area which for me would be planning that you might want to develop in but i just think it's a really useful starting point to see whether you might actually already have some quite good skills that you should take some confidence in or there could be some other areas that you might want to look at at the same time as you're addressing priorities oh i'm gonna do it i've not done it Oh, well, the the link you go, I'll share the link with you. You get an advance notice of it. (laughs) The second thing, so once you've got that insight, um, which is a bit more like context specific, the second is uh, some tools, some matrixes or matrices. Would that be the right plural of matrixes? These, we've mentioned some of these before, particularly one called the Eisenhower matrix. I love anyone who listens or watches our Instagram stories regularly. I love a two by two matrix. It just seems to be how my brain works. And the Eisenhower a particularly good one i have to say yeah it's it often gets called the urgent important matrix so on one axis you have the things that are high and to low importance and on the other you have sort of low to high urgency and you end up with these four quadrants so for example something that you might plot in the it's high urgent and high important matrix that's like the do it immediately category of stuff or for example if it's um low importance but high urgent that might be the um delegated to somebody else box so you effectively have these um four quadrants in a two by two matrix so if i was doing this what i would do is i'd brainstorm all the different projects and tasks that i had at the moment if i was doing it visually i might even do it with post-it notes and then i would organize them like on a whiteboard or a flip chart or whatever you've got in front of you I would organize them into whether they were you know high or low importance high or low urgency and it just gives you a frame of thinking about how you might want to address different tasks when you use it Sarah do you do it are you doing it on a wall or do you just do it in your notebook how have you done it before I have done it for myself literally thinking about here's all my objectives or things I'm trying to do and just spent some time thinking for myself I have done it with a manager before where I've sat down and not necessarily made it too kind of scientific, but just almost gone, oh, these are things that I think are both urgent and important. Have you got the same things? I think that's a really good conversation to have with your manager to make sure you're calibrating, essentially, the things that you're, you think are most important to spend your time on. And do they think they're the same things? Because actually, sometimes they're often not. And it's amazing how often those conversations don't happen. And actually, I was thinking, do you know, the one time I think we have done a good job, almost a very bad job, and then a good job of prioritising together the end of every year we will spend some time thinking about the year ahead and this time uh, it would have been December last year we put on post-it notes all of almost the ideas and things that we wanted to do this year and I think we had 45 (laughs) post-it notes I'm not exaggerating I I think it was at least that and suddenly we were then I think both quite overwhelmed like oh we've got way too many ideas and oh we don't know how to prioritize them And then actually, we were then really strict with ourselves and thought about which ones were must do. 
which ones were absolutely essential if we were going right well our business is not going to work if we don't do these things and then actually that becomes quite a short list which is really useful so then that really helps you and then what we forced ourselves to do was to kind of force rank all of the rest of them so it wasn't like we were saying we want to forget these ideas or that we might not come back to them at some point in the future but we did force rank them and then I think the third thing that was useful is we then I remember you writing that priority list into um just the one slide that I have then saved as my favorites on my um you know my explorer browser so every so often and I can see it now in the middle of my screen it just says 2019 priorities middle (laughs) of my screen I can't miss it and so bet I just go in every month or so and I'll just think okay so how are we doing versus these priorities so I think we we got everything out on the table and then we're actually really strict with ourselves about making ourselves prioritize it and then we made it kind of real and visual and into something that we keep coming back to. Um, Give us a score out of 10, Sarah. How are we doing? I would say seven and a half. Oh, room for improvement. <laughs> we were close <laughs> 70, enough for that. 75%, 75% is high. <laughs> Another matrix, which I quite like as well, it's nowhere near as well known. I think this one is often used for um, actual product development, but it still applies to personal development. So it's still a two by two matrix. But instead of urgent importance, you actually have value and effort. So on one axis, it's a lot of high to low value projects. And then the other, it's low effort to high effort. I think it'd be interesting if you really want to get into this just to see whether that changes what might end up in like the mm, high priority I've never quadrant. done that before. I haven't done that before either, but I fancy taking the same list of activities to be done and seeing whether it changes the ones that I would do first mm. based on which matrix I use. Again, we'll put these in the post so you can have a bit of a play around with them. And my last tip before I hand over to Sarah is about using tech. Um, So there's so many good tech solutions that can help you to prioritise. I don't think they replace the two bits that I've just spoken about. So using some kind of a matrix to get your head around it and actually thinking about your context first. I, I think that is the most important stuff to do but once you've done that thinking using the tech to track it and visualize it super useful so one thing that I'm using at the moment because I was getting a little bit overwhelmed with the number of live projects that we currently have and all the tasks to be done (laughs) maybe that prioritizing that's why it's 7.5 you see (laughs) maybe that's 25 percent needs to be improved um so but it's using a Trello board and my husband um, tells me all the time that I don't use Trello boards in the way that they're supposed to be used. He's always telling oh, really? me that. But I use them. Yeah, I think they're supposed to be used as like swim lanes or something, which is not how I use them. I use oh, them okay. as almost like a wall of flip charts and each board on a Trello is a project and I put all the tasks underneath it. Anyway, it works for me. It helps me to visualise all the projects and all the jobs to be done on the projects. But you can also use Wonderlist. So Sarah and I will often do that. And for example, when we have our, we tend to have a day together every month and we'll have a long list of stuff to be done, but then we prioritise that list within Wonderlist. So we know what to start with first. And there's other stuff like Todoist. And previously, uh, when I used to work for Virgin, we used a tool called Asana to help with group prioritisation. So there's a number of out there don't get too bogged down in the tool because it could be more like procrastination than prioritization but if there's one that works for you it can be quite useful to make it all visible and share it with other people as well do you know what i think tech has made at the moment and it's not tech has made it's how i'm choosing to use this tech Uh, so i don't think i can blame the tech but i think it's made my prioritization worse because Mm. i think i've not spent enough time dedicated to kind of designing my own operating system which is something we've talked about before actually I use too many things simultaneously and so 
I end up writing almost like priority lists or different notes on different things and I've got too many things in too many different places to the point where I actually find it stressful I think I'm finding it stressful spending time doing that versus actually doing the thing and so I, I think that's one of the things is like when you discover these things you think oh they're amazing of which I think they actually all are I really like all of them but I don't think yet I've quite found a system that kind of works for me that I really rely on and I then end up keeping too many things in my head and I don't think that's very good either because you know you're then like trying to remember too many things and then I get worried I'm going to forget and I feel like all of those things take up energy and time that could be spent doing better things and so on that my one of my top tips which somebody said this to me once and I think we're all kind of quite obsessed by to-do lists now I think probably because everybody does have so much on you know the idea of um making to-do lists and put the easy one at the start just so you can cross it off the thing you've already done or or whatever it is and some people really love a to-do list what I do now is almost every day make a one-do list which is basically what you're doing is saying if there's nothing else today what is the one thing I'm going to do What's the one thing I'm going to achieve? What's almost basically you're doing the kind of urgent, important matrix and going, what is the most important thing for me to be spending my time on? I find that really useful because I I think it helps me to make more progress than I would do otherwise. It stops me doing things that are maybe quick and easy. So it stops me doing the completion thing. And I feel good. I think it focuses my efforts on, okay, well, if I do this thing, so if I finish reading this book so I can prepare a podcast brief for our next guest, that is the most important thing for me to do you go tomorrow and then as long as you've done that and kind of made that happen loads of other stuff will still happen in the day and you'll have meetings and emails and all that kind of stuff but you've been clear about why that thing is the thing for you to do so I Mm. like the idea of just having like a yes you might have a longer list of all things you need to get around to at some point but every day going what's my one do list so I like that um (laughs) and my fifth one is asking for help to prioritize I think often when you're prioritizing, you feel like you have to do it all yourself. And I I just don't think that's true. And I see lots of people, and I think I've got better at this over the years, who, going back to Helen's point, we talked about ages ago around, you know, everybody has a kind of finite amount of time and that's the same for everybody. And if you're finding that things are just getting overloaded onto you, and sometimes that's because people don't appreciate what else you've got on and things are coming at you from kind of multiple directions... I think it's absolutely fine and most people who I've seen do it do it with lots of respect and you're you're only asking for people's kind of opinion and perspective is you're saying okay so I can only do x or y rather than x and y and I think often what people feel is like every new thing that comes in it has to be an and yeah. I've got to do a and b and c and d and e versus okay I can do a and b or I could do c and d but I can't do them both. And I certainly can't do them both at the same time in the same moment. And this is the point around involving your manager, involving your different stakeholders. And particularly because now nobody, um, usually you're not working as an island. Often people will have, there's interdependencies and people are working on things collaboratively. It's always absolutely fine and it's okay. And I, I hope that most people would work in a culture where it's all right to say, okay, These are three things that have to get done. I won't be able to do all of them by the end of Wednesday. And that might be the solutions there might be. Somebody else might have some capacity. It might be that actually you just didn't realise, but one of them can wait for two or three more days. It's amazing how when people say that, you're like, oh yeah, that's fine. And I even know running Amazing If a few times where we've maybe said to people, yeah, we will absolutely do that, but 
we're not going to be able to do it until the end of next week and you feel really bad and you feel like you're letting people down and funnily enough people go oh yeah it's fine yeah <laughs> but if you said oh I'll get it to you today then people are like okay yeah great and then suddenly you've set yourself this thing of doing something today or tomorrow so I think don't set yourself up for a fall so don't overcommit if you can avoid doing that I think that's me I definitely do I'm like oh yeah, I'll send that later. I actually did it on Friday. I was on the phone to somebody on Friday and I said to him, I'll send you notes this afternoon because I was like, oh, I've sort of done them. But actually I hadn't. I sort of needed at least another 20 minutes and actually I hadn't got another 20 minutes. Yeah. And then I felt bad. Then he chased me and then I felt even worse. <laughs> and I was just like, I've just set myself up for a fall there. And he didn't, he didn't need me to do them by a certain time. And it then probably just meant that it wasted a bit of my time and a bit of his time kind of going back and forward. And actually what I should have said is, I'll write those up and I'll make sure I definitely get them to you by Tuesday. And that would have been fine. But obviously he's also trying to plan his time. And so by me saying, I'll do it today and then not, you're kind of making things difficult. So I think just knowing that this isn't something that you do in a vacuum, you can involve other people, you can share your priority list, you can encourage other people to kind of get involved with those things. I actually just think is a really useful reminder for people because I think often you get, um, when you're really struggling with prioritising, you feel like, you're just overwhelmed and everything's getting on top of you and actually you know you can't see the wood for the trees you know that kind of thinking and sometimes that's where you just need someone else to help step in and that's an okay thing to do and that doesn't mean that you're failing it just means that there's an awful lot to get done and you're only one person and that's okay I think yeah keeping having the visibility with your manager and your team as well I think you don't have to be an island when you're doing this stuff and it can be much more effective if you are sharing them with other people because they can support you as well in helping you to achieve them when some of that stuff's tough as well as helping make sure that you've you know, you might have some shared priorities as well. So yeah, good tips. Let me just recap the five that we've gone through because I know um, we talked through a few different things there. So the first one is to assess how well you're coping with the demands of your work as a starting point. Then maybe use a planning matrix. And we talked about the Eisenhower matrix as one. Think about the tech was our tip number three. We talked through a couple of different ones that you might want to look at. Number four was having a one-do list rather than a to-do list, or perhaps as well as. And the last one is to think about asking for help when prioritising and think about the either-ors that you might need to make some decisions on. So that is everything that we are sharing with you this week. We hope that has been useful. We hope it has been got some practical tools for you there. And also that you can see that we're learning about this stuff too. This is definitely something that we are keen to improve on. And yeah, I'm definitely going to take some of the uh, look at different tech and maybe try that other matrix as well. So we are work in progress on prioritization too. Uh, we've had some lovely reviews as well from lots of people on iTunes over the past couple of weeks when Sarah and I haven't been recording together because we've had so many different guest podcast so thank you to everybody who has taken the time to write those reviews it makes a really big difference to us because you know often it's just Sarah and I talking to each other like now in our in our respective homes or um, maybe in the studio with some other people and it's great to get your feedback because it helps us to know that what we're doing is really helping you one that stuck out for me from the ones that we've had recently was somebody um, who called themselves first time manager and they titled their review massive aha and the, the <laughs> statement that was in it was I so wish I'd listened to this before I started my last role exclamation mark what happened in the last role I felt like I got just a snippet of the story but um, the review was really really lovely and I think hopefully it's helped them with what they're doing next well also I think don't forget if you're ever listening to things and think oh if I'd only done that 
that's the same for everybody. You know, lots of people go into new roles or you do things for the first time and you learn from experience and you learn from doing. So none of us are perfect. So I hope that person doesn't feel too bad. <laughs> I hope so too. And if you have got any other problems in the current role that you're in, just, you know, drop us an email and we'll do a podcast for you. <laughs> um, and next week, actually, this is a uh, request that we had um, on Instagram. It's all around LinkedIn and how you can use LinkedIn to boost your career. So we did a survey and about 80% of our community on Instagram said that they regularly used LinkedIn, but that quite a lot of the people were just using it for basic stuff, sort of like updating their profile. And they wanted more tips on how you could use LinkedIn to build your brand, not just to connect with people, but to actually properly develop your network and make an active network. So we brought in um, Rachel Glynn from LinkedIn into the studio and I interviewed her to get all of those tips and tricks for you. So that is next week's Squiggly Careers podcast for you. In the meantime, please do keep rating, reviewing and sharing so that we can help more people with their squiggly careers and we will be back with you soon. Goodbye, everyone. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.